sorry guys, I couldn't get any sound in my in my AirPods here. Look at Mo Man. shaking his head over there. That's a judgmental shake. <laughs> that was a judgmental shake right there, DK. Only slightly because we started getting chastised by the peanut gallery over here, okay? Mm -hmm. 409, 407s, 410. How about a, just a teacher's late from leveraged? Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair, DK. I'm, I'm here for that type of stuff. We should get criticized the same way we criticize this football team we support, right? That's absolutely right. Let's uh, let's uh, do some dinging of some bells. I'm ready if you are. Here we go. See how quick you are this time. Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon over there in Hendersonville, Tennessee. 11 years starting National Football League guard. All 11 of those for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Dan oh. Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh. You can make out over my shoulder back there. What's going on, Moan? Not much, man. Just ready here on the peanut gallery as they boo you. Appreciate you, Brandon. You 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 picked up the assignment right there. I love that, man. <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> That's how it's done. What's Ooh. happening, everybody? Uh, it seems to be just, just glancing over here at the commenting section like a little bit lighter mood. Casey Kester wants to make sure of that right off the bat. Hump day, yes, yeah. and, and it's and quite the hump everybody's got across this week, huh? It is. You know what hump that just happened down here, DK? What's that? <laughs> Kids in Middle Tennessee just got out for the rest of the uh, week. <laughs> Snow has shut us oh, down. <laughs> I knew you'd roll your oh, eyes. Geez. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, DK. And on top of that, Thursday here we shall get more. This is this is where it gets tricky. We're going to get sleet, rain, ice, and snow. That's what we're going to get. You know what? You know who's going <laughs> to be appreciative of all this? Who? The kids in Metal Tennessee. Yeah, That's they are. Who. Yeah, they are, DK. Because they're going to be like, whoa, hang on a second. Do we get to play in this? This is awesome. Pretty much. Man. I'll tell you who won't be driving to work in it if it is sleet and ice on the ground is this guy. That's one thing I do not play around with, DK. Now, you, I'm with you, you Hanover. You get to do a little bit less driving here, don't you? I do. Wussies. You're right. All those are true, right? All those are true when it comes down to it, man. Victor says, for some strange reason, this offseason feels different to me. And that that's a that's a heck of a place to get started today, I would think. We're going to give Victor a tip of the, tip of the cap here. That's a, that's a great subject because it does feel different, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like, well, well the head coach is going to be there. But <laughs> what else, you know? <laughs> It, it feels weird, right? It it does. I'm I'm with Victor on this one. Feels different. Feels weird. Feels incomplete. Feel um, like there's a lot of answers out here, and we're just now getting started. That's what's most fascinating about it. Leverage asked this question: Was was Kenny Pickett the Rooney's choice? I don't know. I I, I know inside those rooms, for the most part, it's broken down into quarters. How does the position coach feel about him? How does the head coach feel about him? How's the GM and scouting department? That's usually how it goes. And one group might get more say-so than the other. Um, it was rumored that old Mr. Rooney, Ambassador Rooney, came in and said, I won't bend. Yeah. You know, so, of course, when you make another first-round draft pick, that usually is what people think is 
the case. And I don't know if that was the case with Penny. You were in a year where you needed a quarterback after your franchise guy retired. Um, but as far as his offseason feeling weird, I get that feeling too. My biggest thing is from what you just said a second ago, it feels incomplete. It almost feel like you were just getting started. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the end of the season from a player's perspective always does feel like that. Uh, unless you're losing. Like the last game, my last year, we ended up losing at Baltimore. I knew it was over as far as the season goes. But when you got a little bit of momentum like that, you are still craving for more. Now, from you guys' perspective, I think it's more of what I just said a second ago. We don't know what the next moves are. And I think that's why it feels weird. I'm hearing from some people that my mic is low. How do I sound now? I think it sounds good. I'm really? not sure if it sounds low or no, not. I can DK. hold it. I can hold it up here. Oh, like this. now look like at this. you. I'm, you might as well do it like Johnny Carson, right? I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. It's kind of big for that sort of thing. But look, I, I can I can hold it like this. How's that? Yeah, no, nah, that's that's good too. That sounds good. Let's yeah, that's all right. You're not let's bad. See what the, let's see what the citizens have to say. They can come back with some feedback here. Not literal feedback. <laughs> put the guitar into the amp here. Robert wants to know in all capital letters, when is Mike Tomlin going to speak to the media again? Uh, it might be tomorrow. It's definitely going to be here this week. Ken is it says, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's definitely doing it this week. Yeah. Um, DeMond says it's fine. Uh, Roscoe, yeah, just turn your machine up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fix, fix you and don't fix me, right? Yeah. How, how, how does that sound? Yeah, exactly, man. We're getting some good questions coming in, too. Um, I, I like where a lot of this stuff is headed. You guys are talking a whole lot of football stuff, and I love that, too. Of course, Najee's questions is coming up. I had somebody ask me that earlier and yesterday also. When it comes down to this locker room etiquette, when it comes down to reinforcement, of 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 house rules and a little bit more strict and stuff like that like a lot of that comes into play now and i don't think we've had this many questions i think in the years past we wanted to get rid of people right this guy's got to go in there this room would be a whole lot better if this guy wasn't around or you just had some people that didn't show up or those types of things right dk mm -hmm. this is mostly everybody that you have is your people um i'm <laughs> I saw a quote yesterday where my good buddy Chooks, I think, had something to say. There's, there's a lot floating around right now. It is, DK. Uh, what, what else are you getting from this incomplete offseason and almost left out the dry offseason? So well, there's almost there, there's two tracks, really, if you think about it, because one of them is going to be what happens to the coaching staff, what happens to the coordinators, uh, what edicts come down from Art Rooney, okay? Uh, Rooney's not going to say, hey, change the punter. Yeah. But what he is going to do, and I think he had better do, is to do a deep dive into a lot of stuff that went wrong this season uh, well before the encouraging finish. Uh, what you have to do is you have to make sure that you're – policing the entire process but from the top yeah you see what i'm saying yeah it has to happen from the top it can't just be rooney summons tomlin into his office and says so mike tell me about this thing uh-uh he's got to do his own homework here he's got he to get his fingernails dirty in a way that he's never had to before and i i really feel like that's something that's unprecedented for him oh, so yeah. from there 
who the hell knows? You know? Yeah. And, and to be fair to the Rooney family, the ones that are on the football side, this is going to sound cliche as heck to say this, but they are football family. Football is their business. I've watched Dan, um, Art's son, be a part of the ball boy crew, be a part of the scouting department, be a part of everything involved inside of that building. I'm talking about working the locker room, working camps, uh, going off to school, coming back and working in the front office some on some grunt-like work. So they get ball. They understand what the tasks are. And DK, you've seen him around also, have you not? You can mm-hmm. confirm these things. Mm-hmm. He's done worker-like things. Now, of course, going from <laughs> old man Rooney to Ambassador Rooney to Art uh, to also Dan I think you'll see different things coming out of it, right, DK? But mm-hmm. to say that Art, I, I'll say this as far as me knowing him, is he in tune to what goes on inside the building on the day-to-day? Yeah. To your point about him being embedded and breaking down and and more than just the business side of it, I don't know. I don't know if he does more than what he's supposed to do as far as staying out of the way, like I think most owners should, in my opinion, and letting the coaches coach. Um but if you suggest, and I think that's fair, DK, to say if you want this thing to be right, and it is a business that you guys are running, then the business also have to be fine. But here's the thing, too. Pittsburgh still has a standard of also always being ahead and above a lot of things. I don't think it's in their DNA to take a back seat when it comes down to you just collecting a check every year like the Browns have or like Jacksonville has, the really bottom of the NFL-type teams. I don't think that we can see them being that. So if it does require him to be more direct with Coach Tomlin or his staff or the inner workings of who he hires as an offensive coordinator, it's his business or the family's business, and he has that right. There's work to do. There's work to do at the management level. There's work to do at the coaching staff level. And there are player needs. There are positional needs that have to happen. There tends to be this time of year an inclination toward pushing everything into the draft. Everyone wants to address everything (laughs) through the draft because that allows you to dream big and you you don't know exactly what they are yet, so you can think nothing but positive thoughts. Free agency is also a very real thing there. The Steelers have cap space or the potential for cap space they're still not spending a zillion dollars on the quarterback position. They're going to free up some money with some cuts. Uh, This is going to be, I believe, a different-looking operation in 2024. Is that fair, Moan? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It it, it has to be, man. And somebody asked the question, and we're going to – there's a lot that we have saved in the Hey Moan – that's that that's asking that question does does coach tomlin we can go ahead and get into that one too does does coach tomlin have to change stuff uh where is it i'm gonna go and put it up there dk i have it starred right here right here from nova nova had it right here does anyone think tomlin will change the way he's done anything this year i say it almost be real malpractice if you don't change some stuff i don't know if that's gonna satisfy you guys though because if he go get somebody out of Pittsburgh as far as his offensive coordinator, if he doesn't take make the change with Coach Sullivan and Coach Faulkner, are you going to be satisfied? I'm dealing with directly every day in my day job to search for a new head coach. 
And, and there's a lot of people and a lot of names that's being thrown around. And you know what the fan base says? They don't love this guy or that guy. When there's other guys that are very capable of doing these jobs, and what happens is you will not know the names, and these dudes have to prove themselves. Belichick wasn't Bill for a very long time. Pete wasn't Pete on the NFL level for a very long time. You look at all these Super Bowl winning coaches. Tony Dungy took forever, didn't even win it in Tampa. Did he not? Before he became one of those guys. So he does have to adjust. Whoever the next name is, if there is another name, that's the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, you will have to just sit back and wait for all like the rest of us, right? Like the rest of us and see what his performance is going to be like. Do I think he should? I think you should strongly look outside for a guy if you don't think Mike Sullivan is your play caller for the next few years. Because here's the thing. He may have worked well with Mason Rudolph, but how does Kenny Pickett feel about it? If you're even considering Kenny Pickett at this point, too. That's another one of those hey moans that we've been asked about, too, today, DK. Yeah. yeah there's That's going to be kind of a big subject over the course of the summer. Before we leave this segment. Go ahead. And this thought process, Patrick Mason says, he asks, would it, hey, DK and Moan, would it really be a change if Tomlin tightened up the ship or would it be getting back to the attitude that he had when he first came to Pittsburgh and was young and hungry? Uh, yeah, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about that. Okay. If, if you have your response, you go ahead first because I'm, I'm thinking of tightening up the ship or being the dude he was in year one that I heard he was. I met Coach Tomlin in, when did he get in? Seven, eight? You lived it. You take it. He got in in seven and eight. I got there in nine. 2007, 2008 was his first two years. Won it in 2008, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a conversation in itself, too. From my understanding, him in years one, two, and three was the old NFL, too, where two days practice, well, two practices in one day was almost mandatory. You be, we beat each other into a pup when it came down to it. And, yeah, that makes you stronger and bond. And But the game changed. It don't allow you to do those types of things no more. And he's acknowledged that, I feel like, in different settings where you got to pretty much raise these guys into being young men and then pros too. So to tighten up the ship, I think, will be better. I think guys understand what his message is going to be, but it may actually take, take a leadership council. I had somebody ask me about that. Do the Steelers have a leadership council? No. I'll be honest with you guys. The way the Steelers is run inside that building is almost like a, uh, like like one of the five families of New York. It just is. It's, it's real self-imposed, self-forced, like self-enforced type of ruling. If guys get out of line, it's usually left up to the locker room to correct stuff. You don't have to worry about him being the, the, the dictator when it comes down to, hey, this is how it's going to roll. That's why I somewhat had a problem somewhat with what Najee had to say about tightening the ship, about readdressing rules and regulations and having a baseline for stuff too. Because everybody that's talked about Coach Tomlin for years has respected the heck out of him, has said, yes, he runs a tight ship. But what does, I think, what has gotten lost in Pittsburgh is the amount of vets that you have around. Look at the strong teams in the NFL right now that's left in the playoffs. 49ers, very vet savvy, right? Baltimore, very vet-savvy. Baker has been well-traveled and got very vet-savvy defense, and he's got a heck of an offensive line, and he's got some very experienced wide receivers. Who else am I missing from? Green Bay got a quarterback that had to sit back for a while and got some solid dudes on defense. I think the message get lost 
when the young dudes don't know how to lead properly and know how to enforce a guy like Najee going up to Deontay or Najee going to one of his direct peers and George Pickens and cursing George out. How do you approach that if you're him? It's one thing, DK, for you to enforce something with your children, right? But it's on them to enforce that once they're out of the house. Now, I know you guys want Coach Tomlin walking around with a belt and with a switch and whooping you-know-what. <laughs> but, DK, is it more of a dictatorship in the NFL or is it more of a partnership with how you communicate with your guys? Uh, I, I'm not going to answer for the NFL, okay? I, I see the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not going to speak to teams that I don't cover because I'm not in those environments. Um, and then even to bring up the other two teams that I do cover, the Penguins and the Pirates, very different atmospheres between as how far as what culture, culture, just it's just culture. You mean from country to country? I mean, bre- no, break it, it down it, for me. The, I, the, just quick. the relationship. It's the relationship between coaches and players, uh, or or in the case of baseball, a manager and his coaching staff and his players. There's different expectations for what urgency is. There's different expectations for what discipline is. Baseball is every single day, Moan. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're not wired for it like that, no amount of discipline is going to change that. Okay. Okay. But they're uh, raised that way, is what you're saying are, too. Baseball is yes. yes. As someone yes. that has kids in yeah. it, you have to do it every yes. It's just everything about it is so every day. Uh, and and in, in the case of hockey. Uh, everything's about the work that you put in on the ice, the dedication that you show to your teammates, but mostly it's conf- it's it's on the ice. It's about what you do in practices. The culture of hockey is, tends to be more staying in the room, but what's different about that is that the coach is more comfortable in the room, whereas the manager in baseball is seen as kind of, eh, don't go in the room. Really? So there's a lot of different things here. And then on top of all that, Mike Tomlin, you'd have to presume is different than other NFL head coaches. We see him, and I'm going to share this. I'm not saying this to you. You obviously know this. We see him in the Steelers locker room. I see him in the locker room more than I see any other coach or any other manager that I cover. He's in there all the time. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's just he'll do that thing where he's just walking around the room. He'll drive by, as he call it. That's it. He's not really – he doesn't have anything at all that he wants to achieve in there other than he wants you to see him doing this, okay? Mm-hmm. And he wants to shout out something to you, young guy, or you, old guy, or you who's being interviewed, or something like that. Or every once in a while, he'll just yell out for no reason, Hey, hey, Christian Kuntz is over here available for questions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's just that's that's my only answer here is it's just different across the board. So it, it's 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 fascinating too, man. Um, because here's one right here. Held Heldon brought it in. We're already in Hey Mon School. Here we go, real quick, DK. Yeah, yeah. Heldon goes. I think this is on par with what I'm saying. Hey Mon, uh, to change gears a bit, what were the Titans thinking if five were able because a trade would be too complicated? What is happening in Nashville? That's true. A coach has to agree to a trade. That's what you, a coach has to sign off on the trade. She was right. It's complicated. Yes, it is. Yes. And and here's the other thing, too. I had somebody ask me this morning on my day job, um, where, where does Rabel fit? I said, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Here's exactly what you want. Every coach that I've heard come out has said the same sentiments about him or the fact that he's a player's coach. He understands his guys. So you're going to get the same type of coach across all of NFL now. The days of Belichick somewhat, Coughlin, 
Um, who are the other hard types of coaches that people had to deal with through over the years? Vermeil, like those guys aren't in the NFL anymore because the game has changed. Bill may get in, but you got a 70-year-old man that's got to go try to change the organization around. I'm sorry to tell y'all, but that golden era is somewhat behind us now. And you do have to evolve with what this is, what, what, what the new era is. Look at your favorite college team. I know DK hates this. Look at your favorite college team. Your starting quarterback of a school that you support don't even go on the center more than probably 10% of the game. The coaches who are coaching these guys are teaching them to clap, and they got to work on using their voices. You got dudes that are coming in younger and younger. One of my best friends in the world has just become the, the head coach of the New England Patriots at 37 years old. Okay? The rigors in which you have to go about examining what the NFL is now is way different than you thinking you can walk in there and put boots in somebody behind to make them do something. Does Coach Tomlin have to change? Yes. There needs to be some tweaking of his coaching, of his decision-making at times. But that's also going to be for the new dude that you hired too. You think you're going to go get Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll? It's going to be an unproven dude with just as many issues with almost a similar message as Coach Tomlin. And maybe, no, he's already said he's coming back. I know where you're coming from. But there needs to be some changes. It does. And we can all see that. Guys, when we come back, we're going to engage seriously yeah. into the only segment that matters. The rest of this was was not that. <laughs> it, it does not matter. It got me going, DK. They did. <laughs> At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. All right, we got some questions. We got all kinds of stuff coming in from everybody. I want to remind you that if you want to become a member of this particular program, go to dkps.net slash join. That's how it's done, dkps.net slash join. Jeff wants to know, why didn't Kenny Pickett show at the locker clean-out day? Does he have an attitude issue? Ramon, locker clean-out where were you before you came into the room? Are you just like somewhere else, like in the facility? Yeah. You're like, man, do you, did you feel like you had to be there? It was no. I, well, I did somewhat. I ain't going to lie. Did. I did. Yeah, yeah you I were did. Mr. Media uh, guy. It's usually a team meeting about 15 minutes. Hey, fellas, come on in. Uh, season and go the way you want to. Hey, uh, everybody needs to meet with your position coach. If you are in a contract year, I need to see you. If you're on the edge of a contract year, I need to see you. If you just want to simply meet with me, signups are out there with Miss Mia, who's Coach Tomlin's secretary. Signups are out front. Meet with your coach, meet with me, and whoever else you have to, and check in with the wait staff downstairs. Everybody cool? Good. I want to see free agents before Wednesday or Thursday and all rookies before you leave town. It's usually how it goes in those exit meetings. And from there, you're dismissed. And we understand that most of the media is downstairs. Locker clean out really ain't a locker clean out. No, you no. can go down if you want to. It's a term. It's yeah. a term, yes. Availability it's, is what it is. It's definitely an availability. Yeah. Uh, 
So did you feel like, you know, or did people feel like, like, I got to be there? I got to be accountable? You know, when I felt like I needed to be there? Uh-huh. Contract year, when I need to state contract my case. Contract year, you need to make your case. You I need, need to it. let you guys know I need you and you need me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our um, big years that guys have had. But, of course, I don't think you saw much of DeCastro in that room. Uh, Alejandro would show up at time. Gil, I think, don't ever showed up on those days. It, it's no, somewhat normal for dudes just to say, I'm good. Okay, so you you basically, you needed us to do some work for you. Somewhat, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Is that right? And I might have needed something out of my locker in the other years that you guys were there, but I never shied away from the media. It, it's You guys are part of our brand. How, how are people supposed to know that I'm not a young, I mean, a, a dumb jock if I can't speak to you in a very nice way, right, DK? So is it, yeah, right. So is it, is it, is it, Kenny is an offensive captain? Kenny is, you know, the, he was still incredibly, I, in my eyes, listed as QB1 for a playoff game in which he wasn't the choice to start. Uh, but, you know, should he have shown up? I think he should have. I do. Unless he's going to have an organized press conference or a scheduled press conference, no. I think he should. The the no. starting quarterback should always. The backup guy needs to be quiet. Mason could have not shown up, but as far as Kenny showing up, yes. On locker clean-out days, most guys that are starters somewhat make themselves available. You may catch somebody walking through the weight room going to the training room. I do agree. If you're the franchise guy, especially a guy that's had the year that, that, um, that Kenny Pickett's had, I think it's fair for him to show up. I'll say this again. I hate to reference my day job again, but people here gave Ryan Tannehill crap two years ago when they got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs by Cincinnati. He didn't show up for like a cleanup day. Only person showed up was A.J. Brown. And he received a lot of crap behind that. And, of course, dealing with it, he said he had to go to therapy and stuff like that. I ain't sure what Kenny Pickett has to go through, but (laughs) – I think it's far too young to, to be putting up those type of shields for a very young career when using UDK and others around Pittsburgh to get his message out would probably be more advantageous for him. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there are certain people that you that that you and this isn't for us. We're going to do the job regardless. OK, this isn't about who reporters get offended by. We're the you know, the go between and. The fans expect to hear from certain guys after the season. And, you know, T.J. Watt was injured to end the year. Uh, and he came out. He talked. Cam talked the day after an extensive session in Buffalo, uh, Cam Hayward. And so, you know, I, I'm not the type to make it a, a like a super big deal uh, about that stuff. Because, again, as you can tell, that stuff never really moves me. But it was just an odd choice, I thought. Fans want to hear. And, and if you are somebody by saying when they show up on the road, we got the best fans in the world, as somebody who's the leader, you got to be there for that one. I'm sorry. That, that's, that's part of the pay that you, you, you take from the NFL. That's part of everything that you do that involves your branding with the team that you're currently with. I expect most franchise quarterbacks to be there, DK. I do. I ain't going to front on you with that. Let's uh, let's let's take a look at uh, some of the some of the questions that we have here. I saw a really good one earlier that I saved. I think it was from the barber. Uh, it was about Mason Rudolph. Do you see it? I started. Do you see it over there? Uh, about Mason Rudolph. If it's the barber, he's coming in early. I'm here sure. Here it is. You got it. 
Favorite Barber says, does Mason Rudolph want to come back? That is the best question. What's your feel for that, Moan? I think does he, he want to come back to Pittsburgh? Heck yes, I think he does. Why do I think it's going to have to be the, the right price. I think it's got to be a scenario which he know he has a very fair shot of starting. But fair you know shot. what determined that, DK? Hmm. His market and what Pittsburgh decides to pay him. You don't pay a guy twelve. Let's go twelve million for the sake of just throwing a number. You don't pay a dude twelve million dollars to be a backup, right? Especially if he has a, you have the umbrella of saying, "Well, we do technically have our guy. We don't have to sign you. We can sign you and still start him at this number." But with his what the run that he's gone on, yes, I would expect he would. And I hadn't asked him that personally. He's twenty eight years old, and he. He just ran through the gauntlet here for four games in front of the entire league. There are 32 teams out there. All it'll take is one to to put up some kind of contract and say, hey, we believe in you. We believe in what we saw there. Come on and play for us. Uh, I did ask Mason Rudolph uh, after the game in Buffalo if he would be willing to come back to Pittsburgh. Would you be willing to come back? Um I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've mm-hmm. been my only home for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, they're, they're, it's not really my decision. It's a, a lot of it's out of my control. We'll see what happens. The humility just never stops. It man. never stops, does he, it? He is the engineer of the of the, <laughs> the humility train. Uh, he's, he's thinking about how he he's waiting to see if the Steelers would want to offer him a contract. Yeah. That's the way he answered that one. So, look, there's going to be time. Yeah, for him to 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 look ahead, to talk with agents, to talk with people around the league, and to see where this stuff might actually be headed. Uh, you know, it's that's going to be a fascinating thing here. It's, Nick it's wants a, to know, yeah, if, if Tomlin wants Rudolph back, he didn't seem too praiseworthy of him. I think that was uh, to keep the entire team humble, and it was also somewhat out of, uh, I guess, respect for what. Kenny still is penciled in as I like to say coach Tomlin don't have any feelings toward anybody that can win for him. And I think that's the case. Mason, if proven can win and perform better than anything that uh, Kenny did, I don't think it's no problem with seeing Mason there. I'll be completely honest with you. He'll never divulge that until you're his franchise guy and starter. Now he does inside the building, make it known that, yeah, I like that guy. Like Mike Hilton, love that guy. Cam Sutton, love that guy. BJ Finney, love Rose, I can go on and on and on in the stuff that he shared, how he feels about guys, My especially. God, he would sing about yeah. DJ Finney. I Come can't on. believe you remembered that. <laughs> it how was crazy. You'd, you'd think that he, he picked up like Alan Fanica, you know? No. But he, <laughs> he does that in a way to build depth. Now, we're talking about a very serious situation when it comes down to uh, Mason Rudolph versus Kenny Pickett. I don't think that's one that you cheerlead out front like that. I no, think he did and, that with – with those guys because they play real significant roles with the Steelers. Yeah, and, and in fairness, one thing that Tomlin did, I'm actually looking for the exact for the exact phrasing here so I don't misquote the head coach. He said this in Buffalo about Rudolph, and it didn't get a whole lot of publicity, but it was the first time that he had spoken about Rudolph um, you know, away from the middle of the season. The season was now over. This was his exact quote about how Rudolph played against the Bills. I thought he was solid. I thought he was competitive. I thought his confidence was unshakable. I thought he, you know, displayed the things that he displayed really for the last month or so. So he finally did 
put some meat on the bone with that instead of just saying nice job nice job yeah. or hot hand or whatever you know what i'm saying mason put a lot he, he's he's making the front office squirm a little bit that's what's happening dk and, and you know what all of them say it, it's y'all's job to make our decisions hard again let's let's go back to an era where two dogs and one bone you remember that between mm-hmm. a b and emmanuel yep they didn't want to have to pick one but because Hines was there, because Mike Wallace was doing his thing, because E was advanced, like you had to pick one. I know we had another veteran wide receiver that was getting burned then too, but they made them pick one and ended up using two between AB and Emmanuel. That is a great problem to have right there. George wants to know, hey, Moan, what's the draft priority? Is it defensive back or offensive line, or is it still just best available? Middle linebacker to me, but you don't take middle linebackers that early no more, do you? I don't. I, inside linebacker, I'm just giving up on. I think that I liked Omar Khan's approach. Get three of them. See how many make it. Okay. Yeah. Well, only one made it. But Landon Roberts has another year on his contract. Cole Holcomb obviously had a very serious injury. Okay. It's just terrifying injury. I know. They wouldn't even show it. it, it I've seen it. You don't. Oh, it, I don't want to. Right, that's yeah. the right call. Yeah. Um, Quan Alexander was a one-year, okay? So for all we know, two of those three guys could be back or be in the mix in some capacity, uh, even though they're older, even though Holcomb, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, coming off of that kind of an injury. Um, it's it's going to be something where I think you just keep throwing numbers at the position, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other thing too, George. We spoke about this for a while yesterday. Your team doesn't suck. And I don't think we'll ever just be trash enough to be picking in the top 10 often. So more times than not, their draft board will be best available. Cause this year we're picking at 20th. What's a quality position that you know at 20? Like heck, it might be a D tackle. I've been on the, on the, on this, on this soapbox and, Cam needs help for a while. You can go corner or O-line again, but you still got you don't have to cut choops. You can make him and Dan duel it out. And I know that's probably scratching glass, I mean scratching chalkboards to, to, to some people hearing that. But it's not on you to release them if you still want to hold them on the contract. So best available is where I'm at. Can I say one that I think everybody's gonna go, huh? Do it. Wide receiver. Because Deontay's got $18 million due next season. I don't think that's any kind of slam dunk for anybody to agree to. Yeah. Okay. Did George Pickens look slash behave to you like a number one wide receiver? Someone you can, you can go to? Huh? For a month. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Now, you know, he looked like a better wide receiver, as they all did whenever Mason Rudolph was quarterback. But... You know, even then, you saw the inconsistency. You saw the petulance, Fumbles. and that—that's yeah, that's and the fumble, and that's a tough thing to depend on here. Demond wants to know. Good question here. Hey, Moan, you worried about losing Andy Weidel with as many GM positions open as they are? I love Omar Khan, but does he have the same football oh. eye for talent as Weidel does? Uh, I think Omar does. He's been around. He understands what it takes and and how to evaluate guys. And here's the thing too. Pittsburgh has been known for a very long time for having one of the best scouting departments ever. Omar was the underboss of KF for a very long time. And I, me knowing Omar, he doesn't stray too far from that path. He's a little bit more eccentric. And how he's dealt with trying to keep this team afloat, 
But Omar has been the underboss of KF for far too long to not know how to look at talent. And again, the basis in how they evaluate under, way under high. Boss? Yeah, he, underboss. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the real mafioso stuff. I'm thinking about restarting <laughs> Sopranos. Is I that am. what that was? Underboss? It's because awesome. it, here's the thing. When you think about Pittsburgh, that's what I get. I, I get real family type of dealings. Like, how are you going to take out Mike TV? You don't get the, the, the call from the big man up top. You know, like, that's just, I don't know. For some reason, it's just where I'm at today, DK. Yeah, Francesco says the Steelers don't have a dependable wide receiver. They just don't have a good, consistent player there. I mean, in fairness to these guys, there weren't many drops over these last four weeks, and the weather was not favorable, and they still they, they, they made plays. I mean, when if we're going to pat uh, Mason Rudolph on the back for completing you know, 18 of 20 passes in an ice bowl, uh, you have to give it up to the wide receiver. So I don't mean to take that one too far here, but the no. other thing about draft picks – and wide receivers is 20 overall. You know what kind of receiver you're getting? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of my point here. Yeah. Okay. So there there's that's a different way of looking at it. You yeah. know, I, I just I, I'm just saying that I wouldn't rule it out. There's players that you can get and positions you can address through free agency. And then there's a draft where a wide receiver could just walk right in off a of campus. Yeah. And yeah. make plays for you. He can't. That's the game that we're playing right now, man. Uh, here's a good one right here, DK. You must have started this one. Hey, Mona, DK. Does this team know how unlikable they are? Who don't you like, Eric? Wow. Man, I, I haven't heard anybody use this line in forever. Unlikable that they are. I can understand. Don't you like Eric? No, I want names. Uh, you want names, Eric? I go, go. Uh, you like T.J. Watt? Oh. Hmm? Do you like yeah. Cam Hayward? How about Minka Fitzpatrick? Do you like Minka? Do you like Jalen Warren? You like Broderick? Do you like Broderick Jones? Do you like Najee? What do you What do you think of Mason Rudolph over these past four weeks? Did you like him? Do you Tell like George? You like. Huh? Yeah, do, Joey do, Porter you know, Jr. Did you like Joey Porter Jr.? Do you like Joey Porter Jr.? That's how we should have just started it and stopped it right there. Corey Trice has been a name that hadn't even played DK, and his name get brought up often. Um, um, you like? You know what? I think it should have been phrased differently. I think it should have been: Does this team know how much we are out on them because they're not winning Super Bowls? And that's fair. That's I don't think that's what's being brought up here. You're being you're being nicer than I am. <laughs> I am. I am. Here's the other part right here too. Chris hit it. Bill Nunn is the godfather of Steelers talent evaluation. Those books and 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 everything that they've had guidelines. I think they still somewhat live by. Again, when we're talking about finding talent, y'all, look at your draft class from last year. Almost everybody contributed or had an impact in some type of fashion if they wasn't injured. Yeah, there's there's so many guys. I Demont Demont says I don't like Eric. Jessica says Eric is unlikable. I mean, <laughs> Come you on. know what happens in Petty. these games is is every once in a while someone will just put something. You know, will do something in a game like it might be Deontay spinning the football when they were down and he got I the late touchdown that. and everything, and it's like. This team is unlikable because they don't behave the way that they did in 1964. You don't behave like you did in 1964. <laughs> you know what you I'm know? saying, DK? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. The world changes, the game changed, the commissioner of the National Football League legalized group celebrations. He said you can celebrate any which way you want. The defense makes a play and they all run down to the far end zone and pose for a photo. It's just, you know, that's just get off my lawn stuff. It is. Uh so speaking of that, I got a, I got three. You mind if I roll through these, DK? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Here we go. Uh from Mark. Folks are sleeping on Kenny. He'll prove himself in three years. You think he got that long? That that's that's what I'm asking you, Mark. And there's no 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 diss to you. It's just a, a, a question to your question. An answer with a question. I don't know if he has that long. In today's game, he ain't got three more years. They got to decide on his option next year. And if they bring back Mason. Or if they don't bring back Mason and Kenny still doesn't show over the last month of games the way Mason Rudolph has, Mark, as much as you might love Kenny, Kenny ain't going to have three years to do that. Think about how long it took Mason to get another shot. He went two years, almost 24 months, without having an NFL snap before he got this opportunity. I, I keep coming back to the idea of a competition between let's just say it's between two quarterbacks, but realistically there'll be a third one brought in and it might be a veteran. It might be someone who is more in the Mitch Trubisky mold. Okay. What does a competition look like? You're probably going to have a new coordinator. Is it who studies the hardest? Is it who (laughs) shows up at the facility? Is it who's the one that's vibing with the wide receivers in front Uh of you, in front of your faces? I, 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 this competition thing just blows my mind because none of it can replicate what we just watched for a month. How do you simulate the ice bowl and flying to Seattle and all the pressure of having to win every single game to keep your team alive and doing it without first team reps all season long? How is what happens in the summer going to end up being, oh yeah, now we're sold. Yeah. yeah, because he completed that pass uh, on Chuck Knoll Field at St. Vincent College. Yeah, and there is a lot, and we got a long offseason to discuss, and all of this will pop off again when we hit March 20th, whatever, when free agent, March 14th, whenever free agency opened up. We'll get our answers about how the Steelers feel about Kenny. You have the coaches meeting coming up. You got owners meetings coming up also, and you also got combine stuff that will leak out too. We'll get our answers. Um, but yes, I'm with Matthew. We just had the only competition that mattered in stadium and Mason won hands down. That's, that's how the cookie crumbles at time. You know, I finally won the, the right and left guard spots for me in stadiums, DK. Somehow something was going on in practice that I didn't show up, but when them lights came on in the stadium, different story. You might be, and I'm not just saying this cause you're here with me. You might be one of the better cases of a guy who you put him in a scouting combine or you put him in, you know, tested bad. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have a great combine. Uh, You aren't necessarily going to have somebody go, Whoa, in a practice setting, Uh, you know, or like, did you see that incredible maneuver to pull this side or that side or whatever. But in the stadium, you were yourself. Yeah. You were, play. you were this. You were the same guy. And that's at that position, I don't just mean guard, I mean offensive yeah. line as a whole. That's all anybody wants. 
you know? Leave the spectacular to Marquise, occasionally to Dave. Otherwise, just be the same guy. So we're, and, and Am I right here? Tell me if I'm right or tell me if I'm wrong. To your point, we hadn't gotten that from eight. He ain't been the same guy from year one to year two. Heck, we can't see him enough in year two and year one. And then you get some greatness out of him, the fourth quarter comebacks. And then the next game, he might throw 120 yards with two interceptions and a fumble. So when, we, when we're talking about building the standard of what's Pittsburgh, um, here's another one that I had. How do you get a tighter clubhouse? You know how, and I've said this before, winning. All of these issues that we speak about are covered up somewhat if winning covers it up, if you got good enough guys or tight enough team to win. This same answer would apply, I believe, to what DeMond is asking here, which is, hey, Moan, how did Mason win over the team versus Kenny? I don't think it was as simple as winning, but the plays were – everybody was able to do their jobs. Everybody was able to do what they, what they felt like they were capable of doing as part of that offense. Is that is yeah. that look look at look at the pocket poise look they at the plays that, yeah. the lack of turnovers they competed I had somebody well I'm y'all know I'm an avid Vols right I'm a Vol fan through and through okay orange and white that's that's where I'm rolling with my college team when handy. we're moving it's always handy TK always handy okay when we're moving in and out of like coaches searches, right? Trying to figure out what we're going to be as a school. The same way people look as a team. You know, was the one thing that most fans said, we can't mm-hmm. be boring and bad. We can't embarrass ourselves week in and week out. The last month, even though we had questions that said, Mason got to do it again. Oh, Coach Tomlin won't praise him. You weren't boring. You weren't bad. Buffalo was a better team. We told you about Ed Oliver the week of, but I thought, they, I thought Isaac would be able to hold him. They have a good squad. They drafted for years, first and second round D-line. They got linebacker core. They also got a secondary. I'm telling you, believe what you see on tape sometimes. If you don't think a guy is good, look at the tape, like really look at it and, and see like what they're telling you through their plays. Logan has a question for you. He says, uh, Ramon, you played with Mason Rudolph. Is he good? I think he's good. Yes. 100 played with him when he wasn't this. I, I and but that's the thing okay. too. You have he had time. If Mason comes in and beat out Kenny next year, Kenny won't have that same time. He might have it with a different uh team, but I don't think he has it in Pittsburgh. The same way now, we're watching a guy that we obliterated and and Cleveland pretty much ran out of AFC North and Baker Mayfield. Here's the thing: get matched up with the right team the right offensive coordinator, and a defense to support him. They just beat the number one seed a couple, or the number one front-running team in the Eagles, okay, and put him out of the playoffs, and we know that team is stacked. So miss me with the talent. We're talking about a team, and we're talking about more so the veteran side of it too. Baker wasn't this in Cleveland. He grew up, but it also has to be paired with the right O.C., and he's got crazy amount of weapons around him, and he got a defense. People ran top bowls out of New York. Remember? They've reached the second round of the playoffs with Larry Foote, with Harold Goodman on that staff. I mean, think about it. He's got a Pittsburgh-esque squad down there with a lot of veterans around, and Baker never looked this good in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he'd have flashes where you'd go, okay, even in Cleveland, but – 
I mean, he would just take the, the most ridiculous gambles. Best career year he's had statistically. Baker Mayfield this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he put it together. Guys do put it together. And if there's anything that I look at as, as it applies to, to Rudolph, where you're concerned, when you were there, he's just a better quarterback than he was then. He is. Okay. To answer he that had, question, yes. He, yeah, he had that. He had those happy feet. You blocked in front of those happy feet. Okay. You know, we're all trying to tell him, calm mm -hmm. down. Calm down, right. Hey, lower your voice. Remember those conversations with Mason getting the huddle <laughs> screaming? Lower your voice, man. I got another good one right here, too, man. And this one, of course, goes to the most unlikable team question, too. Okay. But it's this. AJF. Oh. TJ is calling the coaching shots now? That's not what he said. You want to go ahead on this one, DK? I see it. Go in, ahead, man. In TJ Watt's contract extension talks, which were done, if you'll remember the story, directly with Art Rooney, he made clear how much he loves being a, a Steeler, how much he loves playing in front of the fans in Pittsburgh, and how much he loves playing for the head coach. This is the coach that I want to play for. That's when TJ basically took over the extension process from his agent and everything else here. That's who TJ is. This is where he wears his heart. Okay? That's his personality. That dude sat there at his stall. I can't even imitate it. Uh, in Buffalo on Sunday and was just crushed by this loss in which he wasn't able to participate okay that's tj watt if you're gonna start that that's when i start I, I, there's there's comments that come in that like i'll i'll hear some of them and not whatever okay but you're crossing the line when you go to someone like this he is a dream come true stealer in every single way so he loves the head coach they they all do, all right? I, I don't know how else to put this. You could survey that room on the record, off the record, whatever it is. They love him. If you don't, but you love TJ, and now you're conflicted, that's your <laughs> problem, okay? Yeah, you answered that one perfectly, DK. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, let's you take one more here to try to end this on a, on a more sane note. <laughs> then... I got a good one. It's really good. There you go. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair. Let me make sure it's all good. You let me know from Dan. Dan, it's the first time I think I've seen you in here. It goes, hey, Mo, yeah. how do we stop relying on high-end talent to win games? Even back in your day, lack of offensive scripting and relying on the killer bees. Um, we don't have that anymore, and it's very apparent. Again, it, it's not a broken record. It's just true. You got to grow up as a team first offensively they're young as crap they have no vision no real leadership if we can be honest with you i think there's leaders on that side of the ball i think mason's voice can get louder more bolder if he continues to do his thing if he signed back next year but think about what we're talking about right here though dan you're asking for naji to lead for the most part and he's been appointed the offensive leader you got kenny who won't even come to exit uh, to the locker room clean out okay you got Deontay and George who's figuring out themselves, all right? And then you got guys like Pat. Like, high-end talent is one thing. We're talking about dudes on other teams who would simply be core players and just role players, if we're being honest. They ain't got enough skin in the game to know how to lead this attack offensively. I think that's why you tried to pair Najee with Cam last year in the offseason. 
correct? Remember Najee going to Cam's house for Christmas and Mike T's house for Christmas. You're trying to teach them all how to be NFL leaders. And you got to think that is a tough task to have on your plate when you're either losing, don't know how to win, or don't know how to get all your talented players on the same page. This is a growth thing to me. Exactly, exactly. Uh, when we come back, we, we've got the question of the day coming oh. up. We're just going to be a little bonus thing here for everybody. Here, here we go. Let's do it. I'm not going to attempt to answer this one myself. I do want to express that I very much share the sentiment behind this question that I'm about to ask, or not that I'm about to ask, that I'm about to read. It comes from it comes from Jedi, who says, is there one thing that Mason is missing? He has the build, he has the arm, he has the team-first mentality. Now he can read defenses, and he has a better pocket presence. Why would Tomlin not want him? Ooh. So the question that, that I had, I, I would word this one differently, and but I'm going to throw it 100% to you, is... What is his major malfunction? Okay, what is his fatal flaw? What is the thing where you go, ah, but there's that? What is it? Tell me. This is great. Uh, I see what I mean, but if there yeah. isn't an answer, you know, I got the answer. answer. I'm go just ahead. adding theatrics to it. Go ahead. His past. <laughs> I am. I'm adding theatrics to it because it, it blown me away that this hasn't been asked though. Um, his pass. What's that mean? His pass. Shaky the start. And then he gets another opportunity. And then. Um, well, you said passed with a T. His pass. P A S T. Okay. No, his All past. Right. His past is why. A lot of people can't get over the fact they look like he was a failed draft pick. The same way you view undrafted guys. But we'll just get another one. Like guys like James Harrison. Why did he get cut four times? If he was a fourth-round pick, James Harrison probably would have made the roster the first time around because you had eyes on him, right? But because Mason played behind Ben, and the conversation was he was a second-round pick that they had a first-round grade on, but you never got the opportunity to see it until Ben got hurt, third round, until he got hurt, right? And then when Ben comes back, Ben does his thing, go 11-0 and 0 to start off the COVID season, do everything you need to. So Mason gets shut out. Then, of course, the – back and forth conversation in the media about Ben doesn't like him and they don't have a relationship or Mason can't do this or do that. And then he didn't play his P A S T his past is why DK you got to over convince people that you're worthy sometime, especially when it comes down to their sports over convince you do. And I don't even know if you can use that together, but you got to over convince people that you're good when you've been put on the back burner, when they tell you to, to go to the pit of misery, Mason never had a high moment like that. I think the times we possibly won with him, we probably ran the ball more. And then you see him get in and you say to yourself, oh, I remember earlier he had happy feet. And then you know what you said? It's hard to believe you that he can settle himself in the pocket now because of his past. Except that, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the part that I can't get past here. Okay. I know I, you can't because you've been around sports for a very long time and, and I, you can I, somewhat I, remove your heart from the Steelers. Yeah. And there's when you, when, when you're seeing the guy on a regular basis and nothing that he does well ever surprises you, that's probably the best way to, to, for me to describe 
what Mason Rudolph is. If you see it in the preseason, remember the pass to Calvin Austin for the yep. bomb? Bomb. It was one of the prettiest things you, you've seen all year, whether it was preseason, regular season, or whatever. Nobody was surprised by it. Nobody said, whoa, where'd that come from? Right. And you know the other thing? If I, I, I can wrap this all in a bow for you. You about ready? Mm-hmm. Why was Ben never held in the same regards as Peyton, Tom, Brady? I mean, Peyton, Tom, Breeze, Aaron Rodgers, and even Eli for that matter. His pass probably. Oh, he won it with his defense. Ben was slinging it. But but the same issues on why Mason can't get over the edge from certain people's perspective is the same thing that Seven dealt with too. You come out of Pittsburgh, it's supposed to be gritty, never pretty. Mason gave us some pretty ball the last month of the season. It's hard to believe that it's actually happening for you. Sometimes, y'all, you just got to embrace it when it's good, it's good. Because we've seen bad. Think about Ben. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Did people talk about him in that regard nationally, even in the fan base sometimes? No. Because of his past, DK. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's some crazy stuff here. Hey, guys, we have to call it a day here, and we have still so many. We used to have this Dude. policy of, remember this, when we started out, like, we're going to read every single thing. Yeah, I know, I know. This is not even close to being possible. It is, uh, Which man. is great. We appreciate that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's never been kind to of Pittsburgh. No, they haven't. Quarterbacks. No. If Joe Burrow was in Pittsburgh, it'd be a different conversation. Yeah, I'm, although I guess, you know, I don't know. That's just, my, maybe I'm biased. I, I just feel like what we're talking about here is primarily perception, and I'm not a perception guy. I'm sorry. I just I don't care what people think as a whole, you know. I, I just I, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. I'm talking to the guys in the room. I know what they're experiencing out there. And I'm not sitting there going, well, yeah, but there was that one time where Mason's helmet was wrapped around his head and the meme went all over and it made him look weak or whatever. What? The moment if he does take off, they're going to try to bring that back again. And somebody said, I thought Pound said he didn't say it. He didn't. We discussed this last week sometimes. And I know what you're referring to in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... (laughs) No, this was in Pittsburgh when he was concussed. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about somebody else had that comment. I thought Pelt said oh. he didn't say it. He didn't, you know? Yeah, well, one person finally went public with calling for Mason, and that was Deontay Johnson. He just said, that's that's that's. I'll, I'll read the quote directly here, and then we're going to call it a we day. Got it. I know, we keep teasing, DK. <laughs> I know, but this is, he said, I've been on the Mason plane, so it wasn't, Nothing I was expecting him for to, for him not to do. I kind of had high hopes uh, that he'd be doing this when he became the starter. I hope he gets the job next year and to do what he's got to do. But he did a great job, in my opinion. All The only difference between Deontay's assessment and everyone else in that room was that Deontay had the stones to say it on the record. I heard that. I've been telling you guys for weeks. I've been hearing that from everybody in there. And what is the wide receiver's main focus, DK? Is can the quarterback get them the ball? And Deontay knows that. He found it out. He found it out. All right, guys. Whoo! I know, right? We get a whole off season <laughs> of this. That's crazy. Isn't it? This is awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> all right, guys. Hey, tell a friend, tell a friend, subscribe, like, all those type of things. Yeah, Share this that. video, man. Get that up, man. Let's run it through the uh, – we're in the offseason now. We're running numbers up, okay? Let's go. Peace.